Now I have, I'm doing a series on um, the missing ingredient, walking in God's love, uh, unconditional love. And uh, I'm, taking, uh, I'm taking a side journey today because the Holy Spirit came on me yesterday. Um, I normally exercise by riding a bicycle on the Noose River Trail, but it's been really gooey with mud and stuff because it's been rainy. So, in fact, I was walking. I took a five-mile walk Friday instead of riding, and a guy tripped over his handlebars. And somebody stopped too quickly, so I said, well, and I broke my arm on it. You know, anyway, so I've been walking, yada, yada, saying that too much. Yesterday, I took a four-mile walk, and while I was walking, the Lord spoke to me. And so I was near a park on, near the trail, and I just sat down on, on a, a place on the side there, uh, a sitting place, and, uh, and it took me a, a few minutes, and I, I, everything that he downloaded in me while I was walking, I wrote it down. So can I share something with you? Uh, hot off the press here. Um, so this is, and this has been brewing for some time. I didn't know when I would share it. I just felt like somehow it would congeal together. And it was yesterday or during my walk. So a time in between. That's what I want to talk about today. We are in a time in between. How many feel like it's a crazy time right now? And you wonder, what's up? What, what's the world going to look like next year, 2021 and years to come? So uh, I want to give some answers to that. The Bible has very clear answers as to what's coming and what we can expect, the good news is we can expect God to be good to us every day. How many hear me? So I'm going to talk about current events today. Uh, I'm not talking in a political way, although I'll mention some things that may refer to some political situations that are going on right now. I just want to share what I see coming up and let the chips fall where they may. All of the notes are online. I'm not sure I'll get to all of the scripture here. Uh, but they are there for your uh, perusing anyway. They're online, so go to victorychurchraleigh.com. You can follow me on the notes. I may not have time to share all these scripture, but I just want to want to give you what I've been feeling inside for some time. You know, people are wondering, well, what what's going on in the world? Well, Jesus is coming back, and you know, the issue is it's kind of like the boy cried wolf. You know, you hear it so much, and I've heard this all my life. Came to the Lord, you know, just before my 18th birthday. And I've heard all my life, Jesus come back, Jesus coming back. He ain't back yet. So, I mean, you know, you're kind of like, okay, when's he coming back? Well, here we are, uh, really close to 2021. And uh, world events are changing rapidly. And we're seeing things that this year people have never seen before. So, uh, my encouragement is this could all be a, a catalyst to move us forward into, into that time period uh, just before the second coming of Christ. They, uh, Hebrews 6, let me mention this first, um, talks about some fundamental or basic doctrines of Scripture we all should be familiar with. And there's one particular doctrine nobody wants to talk about. And so listen to this. So let us go, uh, stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in understanding so we won't need to start again with the uh, fundamental importance of repentance or repenting from evil deeds Placing our faith in God. So those are fundamental doctrines. Repentance, faith. You don't need any further instruction about baptisms. There's more than one. The laying on of hands. The resurrection of the dead. And then the last one, eternal judgment. You don't hear a lot about eternal judgment these days, do you? Now, of course, I've been teaching on the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights. And that's all about the culmination of everything in the judgments of God. But nonetheless... Uh, as a whole, in the church in America particularly, you haven't heard a lot in recent years about eternal judgments. So, so we're entering into a time of, uh, of, of what the Bible would term judgments. How many know sin's going to be judged on every single level? 
Now, you know, people don't realize that. See, see, God's a loving God, but he's also holy, and it's the holiness of God. God's justice and God's holiness go hand in hand. God is so holy and pure that sin has to be dealt with. If anybody's going to get into heaven because God is so pristine pure, sin has to be dealt with, and he can't overlook it. Uh, that's kind of the reason you get it. He sent his son to live in a human body for 33 and a half years, face our temptations, tests, challenges, die in our place, assume our sin, go to the place of judgment. We should go then be raised from the dead. How many understand sin was such a big deal? God went to catastrophic lengths to cure it in us who make Jesus Lord. Is that good news? And so that brings me to the doctrine of eternal judgment. Because God has judged sin in his son, the Lord Jesus. Then there's no excuse. There's no excuse for the nations to remain in sin or an individual to remain in sin. And so as everything wraps up, the very, the very end of the age as we know it will end in a culmination of judgment. So sin being judged on every level, the individual led level, Hebrews 9, 27, 28. Just as each person is destined, destined to die once... And after that comes judgment. Now, don't get the heebie-jeebies about that. You know, I, I thought about that a lot when I was a little boy because I was raised in church and I heard judgment's coming. I don't want to be judged. And, uh, you know, I've been near death six times, so I know what that feels like and how quickly your senses can remember your whole life very rapidly. And so that, that, that has been very personal to me. The good news is, uh, and so that's for unbelievers. If you don't know Jesus, you're watching me online or you may be in the room. It's appointed unto each man, each person, each human to die. After that comes judgment. And that judgment has been averted by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You make him your savior from sin. Judgment is cleared away for you. Is that good news? And that's what he says, verse 28. So also Christ offered once for all time a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. who come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. So all of us, having said that, individually, every person, saved and unsaved, Christian, non-Christian, will stand before God and give an account. Those that are not Christians, that will give an account for, for what they did with their life and their lack of choosing Jesus Christ, God's sacrifice for sin. They'll give an account, and it's a day of judgment for them. But for those who know Jesus, it's a, day of, it's a payday for us. Everybody say payday. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. This is Amplified Classic. For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive his pay according to what he's done in the body. See, it's not about salvation. Your salvation is secure. You die in Jesus, you're going to heaven. Is that good news? But see, you're still going to stand before Jesus, not as him being your judge, but him being your rewarder, and he's got a paycheck for you. So, so here's what he says here. Each one may receive his pay according to what he's done in the body. That's after salvation. Whether good or evil, considering what his purpose and motive have been, what he has achieved, been busy with, and given himself and his attention to accomplish. That's a lot to think about, isn't it? So what you've been doing with your life since you've known Jesus. Living for yourself, living to help others, living to honor God, living to share Jesus. And we'll be rewarded for that. Then how many no nations will be judged? A lot of people don't realize this. Nations will be judged according to what they've done with God's people Israel. Listen to this, Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, all the holy angels with Him. Then He'll sit on the throne of His glory and all the nations will be gathered before Him. 
And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. So they're sheep nations and they're goat nations. And that is determined by what those nations do with Israel. So when you're thinking about uh, political leaders, think about how they treat Israel. Because as goes uh, nation's attitude towards Israel, so will they be either a sheep or a goat nation. Sheep nation's good, goat nation's bad. You got that, right? They will not exist when Jesus returns the goat nation. So it's interesting. And then Satan and the Antichrist, a man called Antichrist because he's against all things Christian, all things Jewish, Judeo-Christian ethic. He'll be against that. So the Bible terms this man Antichrist, Satan and the Antichrist. How many know they will be judged? Revelation 20, verse 10. Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. That's called hell. Joining the beast, the false prophet. The beast is the Antichrist. False prophet is the guy that works with him who is a religious leader. I talked about that on Wednesday nights, a couple of Wednesday nights ago. Revelation 14. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So here's where we are. We're living in an age between grace and judgment. And it's an in-between time. So it's kind of strange, you know. Uh, uh, The grace of God is free. The grace of God enables us to preach the uh, gospel of salvation. Is that good news? The grace of God is honest. When you mess up, you fess up. God forgives and cleanses you. Is that good news? The mercy and grace of God go hand in hand. So we've been living in an age of grace since Jesus was raised from the dead. We call it the church age. If you're a dispensationalist. But see, the church age is rapidly coming to a close. It looks like fairly rapidly now. And there's a succession of events that lead us to believe that because of what Jesus and others in the Bible said, that he could be coming back more quickly than we could ever think or realize. And it could honestly be in our lifetime. So uh, I say we're living in between. That's, that's why I call this a time in between. So the age of grace, the age of judgment, as we go towards judgment, you're going to see, um, you're going to see nature in upheaval with, uh, with earthquakes and then violent storms which affect, uh, will create famines and all kinds of things worldwide. And, uh, and so, so the nature's actually turning against the human family on earth. And it's a time of judgment that culminates. And we've talked about that in the book of Revelation. So it seems right now like we've turned a corner. Have you figured that out yet? And things are just so different and everybody's wanting to know. Well, the reason is we're rapidly progressing towards the end game of this age called the age of grace. Entering into a time of judgment. So seven things to consider about life today and in our immediate future. Y'all ready for this? I think I can get this out in plenty of time. First thing is, the only unchangeable thing right now in in the world is the Word of God. How many hear what I just said? I'm really glad the Lord uh, came into my life uh, when I was almost 18, because since then, my life was, uh, before then, I was a yo-yo up one day, down the next living by senses, feelings, circumstances, and such. But when you learn to put God's Word first place, it doesn't matter what people are saying on Facebook. It doesn't matter what social media is saying. It doesn't matter what the news broadcaster is saying. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are saying. You go by, thus saith the Lord. And you're like Mary. She said, when the angel appeared to her and said, you're going to have a baby, and she's never been with a man, she said, be it unto me according to your word. And when you have the attitude, be it unto me, Everybody say, be it unto me. You know, you're going to be okay. Otherwise, you know, listen, we, we're in some pretty uh, precarious times. Have, uh, so, so the word produces stability. And, and if you get in the word, and I'm so, so glad, I'm grateful to God. 
every day that he led me to his word when I was a young man. Now I have the, uh, I have the testimony that I've been through my whole adult life. It, all kinds of crazy nuts circumstances it looks like we all face. But you know, if you'll put your faith in God and in his word. Faith in God means faith in his word. Yes or no? You say, I'm trusting God. You're saying, I'm trusting his word. So when you trust God's word, you're going to be okay regardless of what comes, right? So hell may be landing all around you. You know, a thousand fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. Psalm 91 says, but it won't come near you. The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. So you know what that tells me is regardless of how difficult things may come, may, may become before Jesus comes back, I'm going to be okay. How about you? So uh, Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away. Jesus said, my words will by no means pass away. Psalm 119, 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be, God says, who, that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return void, empty, useless, but will accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing for which I sent it all my life. I said, Lord, I know it looks like this, but your word says. See, I've done that all my life. Lord, it looks like this, but your word says. Lord, it feels like this, but your word says. Lord, it looks like this financially, but your word says. Lord, it looks like this physically, circumstantially, but your word says, right? And when you live that way, it just makes a huge difference. So, you know, bring it on. Let's go. I'm ready. And if you've got the word in you, you can have that kind of attitude in your heart. How many hear me? So read it. I wrote this down. Read it. Talk about the word. Read it. Memorize it. Meditate it. Believe it. Work it in. Walk it out. Get the word in you. Isn't that good? So again, I can't encourage you enough. Turn off the social media. That falls on deaf ears, it seems to me, because everybody I see everywhere is doing this all the time with their phone. Turn off the social media. It has been a form. It has become a form of controlling thought processes for the masses of people worldwide. Yes or no? Um, it's just crazy. So turn off social media. Turn off the, the mainstream media. Some people are hooked on it. Did you know prior to uh, 2001, I, hardly, I, did, I looked at, we used to have 30 minutes a day of news, you know, at night. And now, of course, internet time, and you got 24-7 news, and then you got the cable news been going on for a long time. Ted Turner started CNN, what, way back in the 80s. So, you know, now you got news all the time. I didn't hard, I hardly looked at news a whole lot. I, I was aware, I didn't have my head in the sand. But after 2001, 9-11, boy, I wanted to keep up with what's happening, and I found myself getting more and more involved in looking at every single news article, broadcast, yada, yada. And how, it's time to ditch that, or you're going to have trouble. Um, just And you're creating your own trouble. So again, it's a mechanism of control. Turn it off, turn the word on. But here's the idea. Have more word in you than news and social media. So, so as long as you're tanked up on the word, well, then maybe you can say hi to people on Facebook, but don't spend all day on there, right? Number two, great pressure is here to stay. Now, I got to say some things. Can y'all be okay with this? Usually I like to, I mean, I'm a positive preacher, but I have to be, I have to give you all the counsel of God, not just the stuff I like. I have to share with you what the Bible says, and the Bible is always positive about us because God always takes care of us, but it warns us about the situations and circumstances we can find ourselves in, yes or no. And I'm responsible before God to share that. So as a pastor, I want to share with you what I see coming. Great pressure, number two, is here to stay. Just listen, you've read these things. Uh, in my walk yesterday, I don't know how many times I 
you know, I've got a Bible on my phone and I kept pressing Luke 21, Luke 17, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 2 Peter 3. For, I mean, over and it took me a little over an hour to walk four miles. And I kept listening to him over and over and over and over. So just listen to this. Luke 21, Jesus says some things about the time just before he comes back. He replied, don't let anyone mislead you. Many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah. Uh, the time has come, but don't believe them. When you hear of wars, insurrections, don't panic. Yes, these things not, must take place first, but the end won't immediately follow. Then he added, nation will go to war against nation. That'll become commonplace and has been. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes. There will be famines, plagues in many lands, and there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs uh, from heaven. So the atmosphere of the earth is changing is what he's trying to say. Uh, but before all this occurs, verse 12, this is Luke 21. Uh, you will be, uh, there will be a time of great persecution. You'll be dragged into synagogues, prisons. You'll stand at trial before kings, governors, because you are my followers. Did Jesus tell the truth or not? Uh, but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. We've had very little persecution in America, but my concern is it's coming, get ready for it. And we're not, the church in America is not ready for much persecution. We bail at, the, at one little wrong look. And we got to get ready. How many here? Luke 21, Jesus continued, verse 14, Don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you, for I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Even those closest to you, what says your parents, brothers, relatives, friends, will betray you. They will even kill some of you, and everyone uh, will hate you because you're my followers, but not a hair of your head will perish by standing firm. You'll win your souls. Is that good? What's he saying? Regardless of what you face, I'm right there with you. I'll be in the fire, you know. I'll be, if, you, if you're in the lion's den like Daniel, I'll be right there with you. He's promised to be there. Is that good? Then Luke 21, this is quite challenging. And this may have to do with the day of the Lord I've talked about in Revelation. Book of Revelation, Revelation 8 and such. There'll be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. Upon the earth there'll be distress, trouble, anguish of nations in bewilderment and perplexity without resources, left wanting, embarrassed, this is amplified, in doubt, not knowing which way to turn. Is that kind of the way the world is right now? Yes or no? Huh. Um, at the roaring, the echo of the tossing of the sea, men swooning away or expiring with fear and dread and apprehension and expectation of the things coming on the world. For the very powers of the heavens will be shaken and caused to totter, and then you'll see the Son of Man coming on the cloud with great transcendent overwhelming power and all his kingly glory, majesty, splendor. Now when these things begin to occur, look up and lift your heads up because your redemption or deliverance is drawing near. So, I mean, he said there's going to be some crazy stuff going on. Let me also say uh, my belief system is, and I've studied the scriptures for most of my life, and I've been studying end time things for most of the time I've, I've known the Lord and, um, uh, and I've studied them uh, a lot in Bible school and then alone, I've read lots and lots of books and things and, and read the scriptures a lot. So, so my, my, um, my belief system about the rapture of the church, I still see and I've shared this on Wednesday nights. A lot of people talking about the rapture of the church, we're going to be whisked away before things get bad. I hope that's true, but I don't think so. I think you're going to see and sense the rise of the Antichrist with his lawless ways, lawless acts, uh, and how that affects culture. You're going to see all these kind of things. I'll talk about it more in just a minute. 
um, the rapture will not occur until into his, his reign. It'll be perhaps particularly in the Middle East and may affect other nations according to, according to their political persuasion. That'll determine how far the Antichrist reign and rule will be. So I think we're going to be here for the first part of that. And uh, right when things get really, really bad, the persecution serious, the sun, moon, stars darken according to Jesus, Matthew 24, 29 through 31, Revelation 6, 12 through 17, 18, uh, you'll see cosmic disturbances, rapture occurs, beam me up, we're out of here. Uh, before that, we got some things to go through, but how many know God is with you? So that's the reason we need to learn, to, to learn how to pray and know that God answers prayer when we do pray, right? So see, we always have an antidote for challenges and problems. Number three, sin will become the norm in society while living godly will be set aside. Now this is what's been in me. I, I went to bed Friday night and I read, for some reason, I always read before I go to sleep. So I you know, read just before I went to sleep Friday night, Luke 17. And what kept rolling over when I got up, of course, because I read Luke 17, uh, I kept thinking about Noah. I kept thinking about Lot. And then I was on my walk yesterday, and Noah and Lot just kept coming up. So here we are, Luke 17. Jesus said, when he comes back, it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah. Everybody say Noah. You know the story of Noah. You can read it starting with Genesis chapter 6 in your own time. Luke 17, Jesus said, verse 26, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. And then he explains a little bit. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets, parties, weddings. Watch, right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. Now, you know, I've talked about this a little bit in the past, but, you know, it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. He was 600 years young when, uh, when the flood came. Uh, think of 120 years that had never rained up till that time. And then the floodgates burst. I mean, water came up from the, from the earth, the aquifers, and then uh, rain pelted and the uh, cloud canopy that surrounded the earth creating a hyperbaric chamber in long life fell to the earth. 40 days, 40 nights it rained intensely and flooded everything. 120 years it took Noah to build the ark and people were probably sneering at him, laughing at him, mocking him, joking at him. They were enjoying their banquets, their parties, their weddings. It says right at the time Noah entered his boat. And he was probably, he was a minister of righteousness, Second Peter says. And uh, it vexed him seeing the evil deeds of the people around him. I think that's a lot, but it's also with Noah, right? And, uh, you know, he said, y'all need to get ready. It's going to start raining and you're not going to have anywhere to go. And they laughed at him, laughed at him like crazy. When Noah and when the eight people in Noah's family went on the ark, God shut the door. Well, how, would you, how would you feel if you were in the ark? It's, it's raining, the floods are coming, and people are beating on the outside of the ark. They had opportunity but did nothing with it. And friends, that's most of the people that you associate with today on your job, and your families, and the communities we live in. They have opportunities to know the Lord. And right now is a grand opportunity to get right with God. Yes or no? In America, yeah, it's been a tough year. But still, you know, it's not as tough as it has been in a lot of other countries. Yes or no? It's a wonderful time to get to know the Lord. But, you know, because of the normalcy bias that uh, psychologists talk about, all of us have a normalcy bias. I've talked about that in the past. The normalcy bias says because everything's continued the way it has been, not a whole lot's going to change. Everything's going to pretty much be the same. And uh, people said that about Jesus' second coming in Second Peter 3. We'll read it in a minute. But 
nonetheless, uh, that's the way people are now. I think we're going to get over this, get back to normal. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure this time because of what I see coming. And then, uh, so again, in Noah's day, they weren't aware of what was coming. Uh, they had no expe- expectation that crisis was looming. They have no idea. Most people have no idea that what, what's, what's looming in front of the world, the judgments that are coming. That's why as believers, we need to let people know that they need to make Jesus Lord. How many hear me? And then Jesus said it would be like it was in the days of Lot. What, what about the days of Lot? Now, in the days of Lot, you can read about that again in the book of Genesis, days of Lot, all morals are acceptable were acceptable during the Lot's time. That means anything went. Homosexuality, lesbianism, just like today. And see, to say that everybody looks at me, well, that's what the Bible said. Should I agree or disagree with the Bible? And then transgenderism in our day. And I think that's going to bring the persecution on the church and Jews because we say God's holy. And if you participate in those kinds of things, you're, you're going against the eternal law of God and the way he created humans to live. Yes or no? And that was during Lot's time. Jesus said it's going to be like it was in the days of Lot. So all of this totally acceptable as an alternative to heterosexual relationship and marriage. Now that's already here. If you haven't figured it out yet. Luke 17 uh, verse 28. The world will be, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Lot. What was it like then? Uh, people went about their daily business, eating, drinking, buying, selling, farming, building. What does that mean? Life, hey, life, in a lot of ways, when Jesus comes back, life keeps moving. The economy keeps going. You keep doing what you need to do. You're raising your children. You're running your business. You're working wherever you work. You're doing what you do. You're loving your family. And you're taking care of stuff you need to take care of. He said, when he comes back, it's going to be like it was in the days of Lot. People were doing all the things they normally do until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur, probably a meteorite, uh, rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So... uh, Again, wow, that's shocking, isn't it? So if you look at the Bible narrative, man, we're living in some very interesting times. And, and exactly what Jesus said would be is now. Is that, is that true or false? So uh, in Luke 17, Jesus said about the time just before his return on that day or the day he comes back, this looks like the rapture of the church on that day. A person out on the deck of a roof, and this is probably the Middle East, must not go into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. Y'all remember what happened to Lot's wife? They were headed out of uh, Sodom, and, and she so loved the city she was from, she just had, God said, don't turn around. She turned around and looked at where she was from, longing for what she had, and, and perished. Wow. You ever think about that? So, so see, uh, 2020, this is a year just to figure out what you're attached to and what you need to detach from. Don't have such a longing for some things about life that you like that you can't do without them. And I told you this first part of the year when this corona thing started, I went through somewhat of a grieving process about some things I enjoyed about life that I was no longer able to do as freely as I was able to do before. And it showed me that I was too attached to certain things. 
And I don't know if you've had that kind of experience. And I actually went through a grieving that as I felt, I don't know, oppressed, depressed for a few days, figuring, okay, what's going on? Here it is all these months later. And I see God was trying to get me to de detach from some mindsets and some things that were not necessarily sin, but they were weights that I personally needed to let go. And maybe God's dealing with you about things now that you think, I got to have it that way and I'm not going to be happy. Get over it. That's what he's saying. When he says, remember Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you lose it. If you um, let go your life, you'll save it. That night when he comes back, the rapture, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the meal. Uh, it's probably in the Middle East, another culture. One will be taken, the other left. And again, that's referring to the rapture of the church. How many get it? So which one are you going to be? The one taken or the one left? Which one you want to be? Isn't that serious thinking? So again, life will go on as it has for many generations in some ways. And the idea here is don't get too caught up and enmeshed in culture. Uh, don't be like Lot's wife. Don't cling to the old thinking. I got to have it that way. Here's my opinion about this year. Uh, our, um, and you know, we had this show for years, American, I, I hated the term American Idol. I thought, why do we have a show that everybody watches, millions of people and vote, American Idol? And you know what? This year, God has come for our American Idols. Yes or no? Money, sports, recreation, leisure, Hollywood. Oh boy. Huh? Will it ever go back to normal? I don't know. I don't know if anybody really knows. And uh, I think what we're dealing with is uh, setting us up for something else. I think with the corona issues that we're dealing with, it's really a setup for more things. I really don't think this lockdown that we're experiencing, the whole world is experiencing. I don't think you've seen the last of it. Uh, it's easy now. Uh, those that do whatever they do for whatever reasons they do it, they know they can control Lots of people uh, by dealing with health issues. Yes or no? That's a big shock. Isn't it a shock? Did you ever think anything like this would happen as, uh, as 220 began? Here we are. It's not over yet, y'all. And my concern is just something else will come down the pike and similar things, infinitum, will continue to happen. It's a way to control lots of people with a not too much effort. How many hear what I just said? So it's time to bring yourself. Here's what I wrote in my notes. It's time to bring yourself into an internal separation from what you like and what you have to have to be happy. Did you get that? So what do you have to have? I got to have. I got to have my Starbucks coffee in the morning. Really? Really? And now you know I like coffee. But what have you got to have? What have you got to watch? What have you got to do? The only thing you have to do is breathe, eat, and pray. How many hear me? Other stuff? Hey. Number four, a one-world ideology of leadership will emerge. Uh, you hear talk now on the mainstream media, global reset. Y'all have heard the word terms global reset? I've read articles. I've heard it over and over. People are saying it over and over. Uh, 30 years ago, that global reset was called New World Order. How many remember that? George H.W. Bush became president. I remember many speeches he gave uh, 30 years ago, and he was talking about the new world order, and that was a new way of saying it and thinking about it 
30 years ago, but not now. World leaders are pushing for this and want America to join in. Many political leaders in this nation want to join this reset. How many hear me? Many resist, uh, resist this reset pointing to our Constitution Bill of Rights. So that's, that's in the atmosphere. We're in that atmosphere right now. So here's what I see. i got to say this. Is, uh, I don't want you to think I'm being political. I need to tell you what I see. Is that okay? Now, I'm a pastor. I'm a man of God. I have to stand before Jesus and answer for what I say. So I'm going to say this as though Jesus is standing right in front of me because I believe he put it on my heart. Here's what I see regarding the election that is not yet settled. Y'all want to hear this? All right, here it is. So if Biden gets into office, and I wrote it in my notes. You can read it online. If, Biden, if Joe Biden gets into office, here's what I see because of his belief system and those that he has chosen to surround himself with, we will participate fairly quickly, we being the United States, in a global reset. Hear me. Finances will slowly dwindle because there are just principles that work and principles that don't work financially. Uh, one world themes will emerge with urges for us that is, the United States, to participate in global law and governance that does not involve our Constitution and rights as U.S. citizens. How many hear what I just said? Like it or lump it, I, I see it coming, one way or the other, with an embrace of any lifestyle of your choosing, as long as you're not saying the only right way is heterosexual marriage. Global economy with an eventual digital currency for the world. I see it coming. Uh, global religion that reduces every religion to serving the same God. And that's what's going to bring great persecution to us as Christians and to Jews in the Middle East. How many hear me? There's going to be a lot of pushback uh, if Joe Biden becomes president. It's all yet to be determined. If he becomes president, there's going to be an element of our culture that's going to push back hard. Yes or no? There will be an element that shouts and sings for joy. So, so you know, here we are. It's the way it is. If Trump wins, and the only way he wins at this point is in the courts, they're pushing that really hard. Unless your head's been in the sand, uh, you know there's all this stuff's going on, right? So if Trump wins, here's what I see. Basically, another four years the United States has um, before we join the global community in all the ways that I just talked about. We got basically a four-year uh, delay. Uh, and let me say this. People will say, why are people so upset with, with, with Donald Trump? Let me tell you why, in general, people are, uh, do not like Donald Trump and they dog him. Not just the personality stuff, but what about the other things? He's not a globalist. Whether you like that or not, I'm just make, stating facts. The man, he's a constitutionalist. And he has an America first brain. And a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people don't like that. Because not, he's not joining the world. And it's in the way of, of this, this whole push towards one world, everything. How many hear me? So either way, regardless of who is president in 2021, I see a lot of infighting and, and a, lot of, a lot of perhaps fighting on challenges on the streets. So I say, you know, get yourself ready for that. Have some extra whatever you need. To, de definitely toilet paper. And, you know, talk about that forever. I know. Lots of instability. I want to encourage you to resist the tendency to get angry and fuss with people about it. It's not worth fussing about. 
Jesus is coming back. The world's headed a certain direction, and there's not a prayer you're going to pray that's going to keep it from happening. Did you hear what I just said? Your faith, authority, and believing is not going to keep that from happening. The Bible says it's going to be that way. Now, that doesn't mean you're a fatalist. I'm not. I pray and I stand and I believe God. But if, you're, if things don't work out according to what you want, don't get so upset. God's overall in control. Yes or no? So the Antichrist spirit is prevalent worldwide and it's gaining traction. It's only a matter of time before the person the Bible calls Antichrist appears on the world scene. And that's in the Middle East. They have a lot to say, no time to say that. And I've got a number of scripture in the notes that talk about Antichrist. Get in the notes and read that. I'm not going to take time this morning. Number five, persecution is coming for Christians. Period. Are you ready for persecution? Question you ask yourself, when's the last time you were persecuted for being a believer? On the job, with your friends, in social settings. I mean, really, when's the last time somebody got on you because of your belief system? When I say because you're a Christian, it's because of the things you believe or don't believe. The ways you act or don't act. The things you accept or don't accept. How many understand that? Ask yourself, when's the last time I was really persecuted? And if you say never, there might be a problem. Are you compromising with the world? Huh? And then if you, if you say, well, I was, well, then how did you deal with people talking down about your God, your belief system? Did you get angry? Did you get upset? Or did you pray for them? That's a big deal, right? Bible has a lot to say. Uh, persecution is coming for Christians. We've not dealt with very much persecution in the United States up till now, but it's coming on the scene as the world changes and as we go for that global, that global reset thing people are talking about. Hopefully, you know, if it can be delayed, I'm all for that. If it doesn't, you just know Jesus is coming back uh, sooner than, than we may realize. How many hear me? And so uh, some will fall away. Now, I'm not going to take time. I'm looking at the clock. Second uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 is a chapter I've... Uh, I've just looked at with great interest for a long time because there's one verse there uh, talking about the uh, rapture of the church and the appearing of the Antichrist prior to that. It says, that day will not come. Now, this New Living Translation I have in my note says, that day will not come. That is the rapture of the church, which is preceded by the rise of the Antichrist and this global stuff. That day will not come unless there's a great rebellion against God. Uh, King James says, a falling away first. That falling away, the Greek word is apostasia. We get our word apostasy, that is denying the faith. And that, that one verse gives credence to an idea that there are going to be people before Jesus comes back who were believers, who are willing to compromise what they believe for what they need. Now, I have a question. Is that going to be me? That's the first question I ask. Am I, go, am I willing to compromise to put food on my table? Am I willing to compromise to make money? Am I willing to compromise to be accepted? Or am I going to stand my ground and say, not that, not in my life, not that. And there will be people that says here, it seems to lend credence to, they're going to compromise their convictions and their faith. In the future. Now hopefully nobody that's part of Victory Church. If you're watching online you're in the room. Or anybody else watching from whatever platform you're watching this from. Hopefully you won't be doing that. I pray for you that you don't. How many hear me? Is that a challenge for you? 
So during this time, here's a really, really big, big deal. Right now is not a time to isolate. We need two things. We need the Word. We need a relationship with the Lord. But how many know on an important scale, it's way up there, we need a relationship with each other. The concern I have this year, we have become so comfortable being isolated by ourselves. If you're watching online, I'm deeply glad that you are. But don't be so comfortable with it, you're willing to say, I'm willing to do this for the rest of my life. Friend, you'll miss something. Because as things get difficult, iron sharpens iron. The book of Proverbs says, and we need that sharpening effect on each other. We're supposed to encourage one another. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. How many hear me? I've got a lot of scripture in the notes about persecution. I don't have time to read them. Read them on your own. The number six here, I got two more. Everybody good? There's a lot to cover. I got two more points. Number, number six. So persecution's coming. Get ready. Read the scripture that I have. If you don't have my notes, go to the website. I ask you to read them because they don't have time to go over all the scripture. Uh, number six is, um, is really challenging to read. An eventual divine judgment will right every wrong. You may feel like you've been unfairly treated in court. You've been unfairly treated in your business ventures. You may feel like you've been unfairly treated in personal things in life, in business life, etc., etc. Understand this, all rights will be, all wrongs will be made right one day. And that's called divine judgment. Now listen to a second. Here's Peter. I mean, Peter was right there with Jesus. Peter fell so in love with Jesus that when he was martyred, he was martyred upside down. They put him on a Roman cross. But he said, I can't die the way Jesus did. I'm not worthy. Hang me upside down. So what you're about to read came from Peter's heart just before he died. You read 2 Peter 1. He knew he was going to be martyred soon. Listen to the words he said to the church that are penned for us by the Holy Spirit. And, and we're living in the time just before Jesus comes back, it looks like. 2 Peter 3. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last day, scoffers will come mocking the truth, following their own desires. They'll say what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again from the uh, you know, that normalcy bias. From before the times of our ancestors, everything's remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forgot that God made the heavens long ago by the word of His command and brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water, Noah's flood. Then used the water to destroy the ancient world, a mighty flood. By the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up by fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment. See, it's, it's ahead of us. A day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day, uh, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. A thousand years like a day. The Lord really isn't being slow about His promise. Well, it seems like it. Well, no, He's not really being slow. As some people think, no, He's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. But wants everyone to repent. So why does Jesus delay? He wants people to come to Him, right? And, and that's our job. We're supposed to point the way. The salt, light, that's what we're called to be. But the day of the Lord will come as expect, unexpectedly as a thief. Uh, the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise. The very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. And that seems like it points to Revelation 8, Revelation 9, when it looks like meteorites hit the earth and uh, cause some, some terrible events. We won't be here as Christians. We'll be raptured before that happens. Is that good news? You should think that's great news. 
Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, He will set the heavens on fire. The elements will melt away in flames, but we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth. He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living in uh, peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His Sight, the eventuality of everything. We see there's judgment coming. And people don't think it is, just like in the days of Lot, just like in the days of Noah. Things are going to continue infinitum. And those who are trying to rule and control the subterfuge, the sneaky things that are happening, that they don't want anybody to know about, all of it's going to be revealed. Is that good news? For the believer it is. For those that don't know Jesus, there's hell to pay, friends. So we need to be warning people. Not lastly, number seven, Somehow, somewhere, the Holy Spirit's going to manifest in a strong way once again. Is that good news? Joel 2, then after doing all those things, I'll pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. See, every age group is going to be affected. Your sons and daughters, Holy Spirit will come on them. They'll prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams because they sleep a lot. And your young men will see visions. In those days, I'll pour out my Spirit even on servants, men, women alike. I'll cause wonders in the heavens. And on the earth, blood, fire, columns of smoke. See, that seems like that time of judgment when this happens. The sun will become dark. The moon will return blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I'm going to stop right there to say that, you know, <laughs> it looks like the revival happens just before the rapture of the church. The sun, moon, and stars darken just before the rapture. So that's an exciting thing. And then Isaiah 60, as I close, Arise, shine, your lights come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Darkness covers the earth, deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to you like kings to the brightness of your rising. So again, bottom line. Well, say, well, man, that's a lot to say. It was. So how am I supposed to live? Number one, put the Word of God first place in your life. If you don't memorize Scripture, you're dumb if you don't now. I don't know how else to say it. Memorize Scripture. Get in the Word. Get the Word in you. I'm serious. Pray. Develop a prayer life. Develop confidence in God. Ask God to work miracles in your life, in your family, in those that you know. Ask Him to provide financially. Ask Him to work supernatural things in your business. Ask Him to, ask him to direct your steps. Here's what I believe in my heart. Regardless of what co comes, God will make a way for His people. Yes or no? But you got to be real. My feet are on, terra, on the planet Earth, terra firma. I am planted on earth and I know we're going into some tough times. My concern is for those that are living frivolous lives. They got one foot in the world, one foot with God, and they're trying to satisfy everybody. It's not going to work well for you doing that in the future. Sell out. Sell out to Jesus. Be willing to be persecuted. Don't be dumb and stupid and say things that you don't need to say in places you don't need to say them. How about you understand? But live for God. And as you do, you give Him glory. Your life will be a witness. Get the Word in. You'll learn to pray. And you know what? The future's going to be amazing. I mean, you're excited about that.